I am free. I praise the Lord, I'm free. I'm no longer bound. No more chains holding me. My soul is rested. Oh, yes, it is. And it's just a blessing. I praise the Lord. Hallelujah, I'm free. When I was five years old, I was living in Philadelphia with my aunts, my mother, my cousins, my grandparents. Being from Puerto Rico, when one person comes, everyone comes, and we all lived in a two-bedroom house. So one day I walked down the stairs, my aunt were in a dining, my aunts were in a dining room and they were talking as they usually do. And I'm hearing what they said. Um, my aunts were talking about my sister and I. My sister is very, very light skinned compared to my dark skin. So my aunts would call her the pretty one and me the ugly one. So here in their conversation, I ran upstairs where my grandmother had a, my great-grandmother had a small tub of Gina Tay. Those that are my age, I'm 58. Those that are my age will know what Gina Tay is with the white powder puff. Um, so I went in the room and I took the powder puff and I powdered my face and my neck, my hands, my arms, anything that would show. And I went downstairs because in my mind I was, so proud. I was, in my mind, I was white, so I was beautiful. They laughed hysterically when they saw me. My grandmother started crying because I had wasted her good powder. So my mom, who was very abusive, she whipped me with her belt. All the while, I'm crying and yelling, I just wanted to be beautiful. I wanted to be beautiful. That was one of my first experience with race discrimination and colorism within my race. As I grew older, I accepted abuse from relationships because it had been instilled on me on many occasions. The message was that being dark skin was never beautiful. And in my mind, my mother abused me, so she had to love me because she was my mother. So I accepted all the abuse. I felt that that was what I deserved because in a world where whiteness is seen as better, I wasn't better. But just as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was abused by a system that oppressed and tried to silence him, he still chose to let his light shine. I was determined not to allow my light to be dimmed by those who oppressed me, shamed me, abused me, not for anything that I had done, but because of what I looked like. In spite of my pain, I chose to see the light instead of darkness. I chose to survive. I chose to love. I chose compassion. <laughs> when Reverend Myra asked me to speak about Dr. King and what it means to me, I did not hesitate. Many thoughts came to my mind, thoughts of racism, human rights struggle, love and freedom, but mostly freedom. 
Freedom to stand up for what I believe to be right and to stand up against what is wrong. Where am I? Freedom to stand up and fight against the injustice and rights, not only for myself, but for my fellow brothers and sisters. Because of Dr. Martin Luther King, I know that I have a voice and I should never be afraid to use it. Dr. King taught me to stand. See, I know what it feels like to have someone decide that my skin color determines my value and my work. I had to live through the pain of colorism, even in my own family, mostly all, my, all of my life. So I appreciate Dr. King speaking to not being judged by the color of my skin, but by the content of my character. And that is the character that I choose to live by. I do my best to live by a character of compassion, generosity, love, and respect. Never thinking twice about acting when there is a need or standing by for truth and righteousness. Because of Dr. King, I know that I can stand in peace and stand strong. Ephesians 6 and 13 says, having done all you can do to stand, stand therefore. So I stand determined to demand respect, the same respect that I give to everyone that I meet. I stand for my rights as a black Latino woman, and I stand today for my freedom, the freedom to live my life and become whatever I choose to be in spite of how much melanin is in my skin and being told that I would never amount to or be anything. I am somebody. <laughs> Dr. King's words mean to me that the color of my skin will not determine who I can interact with and befriend. That means that I can come to work as spiritist and yell at Lauren because she's lifting heavy boxes. I'm not going to talk about her potty mouth. <laughs> Or that I can joke around and laugh with Peter and still give him hugs, letting him know that I love him and he is my friend. It means that I can worship a spiritist or here at Hochstein with all of you beautiful people of all colors, genders, and that it's not about race because if we think about it, the only race that matters is the human race and we're all part of that. And because of that, I walk with my head held high, knowing that there's beauty in my blackness, just as the beauty of a black diamond, black sand, black orchids, or a black starry night, all beautiful, all created by God. And still knowing that God made us in many colors and created us in his image and likeness according to Genesis 1 and 27. So... If you and I and all of us were created in God's image, then my question is, why the division, the racism, the fear, and the hate? One of my favorite scriptures is found in Psalms 139 and 14, and it reads, I will praise you for, you are, for I am wonderfully and fearfully made. Wonderful are your works, and that my soul knoweth well. That means that all of us that were created by God were marvelous in God's eyes, regardless of color, gender, religious beliefs, or where we come from. 
that we should love and encourage each other instead of hating each other for who we are or what we look like. Speaking of love and encouragement, I will never forget one day, I was feeling kind of down. I had been working trying to help the asylum seekers get donations of clothes and toiletries, translation and advocating for them, taking them to food pantries. There seemed like there was so much need and, and things that I could be doing but I wasn't doing. I started to get a little depressed. I wasn't sleeping well, I was overeating and constantly asking God to please help me do more. One day while I was in the office, Father Jim walks in and he says to me, let me get his voice. <clears throat> you know, Lydia, <laughs> that's the great thing you're doing with the asylum seekers. I said, thank you, but I wish I could do more. So Father Jim, not knowing what I was going through or what I had been feeling, he says to me, do you know that clams can't breathe out of water? And I'm like, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, I didn't know that. Um, I really never thought about it. So, so he goes on to tell me a story, as only Father Jim does. He told me a story about, he said, one day, thousands of clams washed into the beach and offshore, and it was on the news, and this man saw it, and he was like, oh my God, all those clams are going to die. I have to do something. So he got up early in the morning, and he went to the beach, and he started picking up the clams and throwing them in the ocean, and picking up the clams and throwing them in the ocean. So a jogger comes by and he says, hey bud, what are you doing? He says, I gotta save these clams or they're gonna die. I gotta throw them in the ocean. So the jogger, <clears throat> excuse me, the jogger starts laughing at him and he says, look at all these clams. You can't possibly make a difference. So the man picked up a clam and he looked at it and he threw it in the ocean and he said, I made a difference to that one. He blew my mind. It was as, as if God used this short, white, beautiful man, unbeknownst to him. <laughs> to give me the encouragement that I needed. Through his story about the clams, God was saying to me that it was okay, that I was doing a good job, and that it was not my job to save everybody to continue what I was doing and God will do the rest. That even though I might not be able to see the difference that I was making, God did, and that was more than enough. I never told Father Jim the impact that he made on my life that day. I was able to sleep again, genuinely smile, eat, and continue to help my new friends, the asylum seekers, without feeling bad about the things that I could not help them with all because of the wisdom, love, and encouragement that I received that day from Father Jim. To me, that represents the wisdom <clears throat> excuse me, of, Martha, of Dr. Martha Luther King. In conclusion, there's this commercial on TV and it's about two little boys, one white, one black. They can be no more than three or four years old. They were walking on opposite sides of the road, one holding his his mother's hand on one side and the other one. And when they see each other, they just run to each other. They're laughing, they're smiling, and they embrace. So happy to see each other. To me, that commercial represents or lives out Dr. King's dream for us. It makes me realize that racism is a taught behavior. No one is born a racist. Those babies don't know anything about black or white. All they know is friendship, love, and acceptance. 
They look at each other the way God looks at us, not by our color or outward appearance, but by our inward appearance. The Bible says, and a child shall lead them. And those two little boys' action teaches us adults that until we see each other through the eyes of a child with love, friendship, and acceptance, and acceptance, then and only then, truly can we stay in the words of Dr. King, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we're free at last. I am free. I praise the Lord, I'm free. I'm no longer bound. No more chains holding me. My soul is resting. Oh, yes, it is. And it's such a blessing. I praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm free. Thank you for listening.